And just after 7 o'clock, uh, Skull's here along with Dave Vaughn from the firm. Lior is off tonight. Dave, fill in the shoes anytime. you got questions for them outside of show hours, no problem. one 821 5900 Any lines are open, of course, till around 10 to 8 tonight. You want to call through the show, ask your employment questions, your severance questions, anything about your job under that uh, particular topic here to answer them. Dave is 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one triple eight two two five talk That number is toll-free. Davey, as always, we'd like to start the show with the week that was. Brother, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Good, man. What's, uh, what's going on this week? Good, yeah, a couple, uh, couple uh, interesting uh, cases I want to talk about. Uh, the first one's a uh, just cause termination I dealt with uh, okay. last week. And the, uh, the company uh, was dealing with my client, had uh, just over 13 years of service, uh, 57 years old in the sales role. And, uh, you know, clean uh, record, no discipline for the first basically 12 years of that uh, tenure. And then the last year or so, he started getting um, discipline. And, uh, you know, the, the company was very good at papering this discipline. So they would tell him that he wasn't meeting his sales targets. They would tell him that he had to improve. And then if he didn't improve, he would get further discipline, including uh, termination. And uh, this happened about every month um, for about uh, a year. So there's, we're talking 12, 12 or so of these mm-hmm. uh, disciplinary letters. And... Um, you know, the, the employer had obviously uh, gotten some training in terms of how to uh, establish progressive discipline, that you can't just jump the gun and terminate someone's employment yep. right away. Uh, so they clearly uh, had gotten this training. And uh, after about a year, they let him go for cause and cited these uh, these disciplinary letters. Now, um, you know, at first glance, you'd say, oh, that's, that's great. They, yeah. uh, you know, they, they did their job. They did their due diligence. They, uh, they warned him. They papered the, uh, you know, papered the case, and uh, they should have a flawless case. But... The problem with it was is all they did was they identified his sales targets not being good enough. They just said, your sales need to improve every time. There was really nothing uh, you know, that identified any issues he was actually having that was causing that. They didn't, you know, it's not like they were saying you need to be you know, at work more, you need to go visit your you know, existing clients more, you need to make more cold calls. There was no suggestions to improve uh, his sales, to uh, improve his performance. It was just... You're not meeting your sales targets, um, therefore you're not meeting our performance, uh, you know, targets, and you know you're going to be let go for cause. And uh, because of that, they they really didn't have a, a great case for cause for termination. Right. And uh, you know we identified that, and they really couldn't, uh, you know, in the uh, when we were going back and forth, uh, you know, arguing about this and negotiating about this, they couldn't really identify what he could have done to improve his sales other than just he should have made more sales. Right, so kind of empty. Right, and uh, that's when, when it came quite apparent, um, I think, to, you know, obviously to myself um, and their lawyer that they really had, you know, no chance of establishing cause here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a- after we went back and forth uh, several times, we were able to resolve that case last week um, based on, you know, a fair severance package for someone with 13 years of service, 57 sales role. So what's the uh, lesson there for employers? The lesson is that you know it's great to do the uh, you know to follow through with the uh, progressive discipline and you know provide the uh, the written discipline and uh, you know a chance to improve their performance and identify the issues. But what you have to do is you can't just it can't just be a um, you know uh, a broad. You, you need to do better. You need to provide steps. You need to provide whether it's counseling, training, um, you know, assistance, and and specifics. 
Uh, so identify how could this person improve, and they should work with him. It shouldn't just be you know every month he gets a letter. Work with him to see how he can improve his sales, because obviously that's going to benefit the company as well. Uh, they're not going to benefit um, from just these blanket, um, you know, these standard form yeah. uh, disciplinary letters. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, 1-888-225-TALK, toll free. We'll get to your calls here about a moment. What's the second one you were talking about tonight for a week that was? Yeah, another one uh, was a layoff. My client uh, was placed on a layoff for the first time um, in a long, uh, long service uh, you know, relationship, right. uh, just over 18 years. And uh, he was told that uh, it's going to be a layoff as much as 35 weeks. Uh, we'll continue your health benefits, so you'll have that and you can go apply for EI. And uh, you know the human resource manager told them that we're allowed to do that under the Employment Standards Act. Uh, it's, you know, so you just have to put up with it. And right. If you find another job, let us know. Um, obviously, that, uh, you know, as you know, that's not uh, the case. Uh, a layoff is a termination um, unless uh, they've contracted for it, so it's you know, explicitly um, provided for in the employment agreement or there's been an implied term in the employment relationship that layoffs are allowed uh, such a, based on previous practice or the, pers- the person's been subject to layoffs in the past and has accepted those and understands and has agreed that's part of their employment. Where does the 35 weeks come in? Where do they get that number? That's the Employment Standards Act. The Employment ah. Standards Act does allow for layoffs, um, but uh, for up to 35 weeks if benefits are continued. But the key is it has to actually be, you know, as an employer, you actually have to have that in your employment agreement and have the person agree to that as part of their contract of employment. Right. Um, just like uh, the, you know, the Employment Standards Act allows an employee to let people go with, um, you know, a, a week per year of service up to eight weeks in terms of termination pay. Most employees aren't limited to that unless it says so in the contract. Right. We'll get over to a uh, first call tonight. Got uh, Debbie in the line. Hey, Debbie, good evening. Good evening to you as well. What is happening? Uh, well, first time ever I saw your show on my TV guide, and I thought it a, it's a subject that I'm going through right now, and I was uh, brought up some questions, so I listened to three of your archive shows, and I never heard uh, anyone ask the question or the topic be covered off um, that calculator. Can, is that applicable to part-time employees as well as full-time? Mm-hmm. That's a great question, uh, Debbie, and it is absolutely applicable to uh, part-time employees. And uh, so the same factors apply. So if you have a part-time job and you're let go, uh, we'll look at your age, years of service, and position. So the you know the seniority of the position, you know your duties and responsibilities. Um, your level of compensation to determine the appropriate severance package. And, you know, in your case, the way that whether it's part-time or full-time would come into it is how easy is it for you to be able to replace that part-time job? Now, some part-time jobs may be actually quite easy to replace, whereas other ones might be very specific and the hours might be very specific and that may be a lot more difficult to replace. So it can actually increase potentially the, the severance package you would get. Okay, yeah, I, I kind of heard that on some of your other shows as well. Yeah, and what's your, uh, are you dealing with this situation right now? Uh, yes, um, I figure I am. Just to give you a little bit of background, sure. I've been uh, 45 years with the same company. It's a, a large uh, company across Canada, and I'm a teller, a bank teller, yeah. and those jobs are disappearing because of digitalization of people's banking services. And, you know, the companies the company, companies that can be used, your financial companies that just deal online. So these companies are coming in, a lot of competition there. So the teller's jobs are disappearing. So um, I'm in a situation where I'm over 60, 
and I have the feeling that I'm kind of going to be going through that. <laughs> right. That, that uh, what did you call it, constructive dismissal? Correct. So uh, I had asked upper management if they would package out a part-time employee, and they said, well, we, we don't offer packages to part-timers. So I'm just thinking, I have the impression I'm going through that constructive dismissal. That word's never been used. That term has never been used. But listening to your shows, like I said, hmm. So that's what I was just wondering, if, if the time comes that they say, you know what, here's your choice to retire. Like you were using that on an example, one of your shows there, sometimes you're asked if you'd like to retire. But so I was just kind of wondering, would I be... Right, yeah. It's a great, it's a great question. And, uh, you know, in, in your case, with 45 years of service, um, your position over 60, um, you would likely get a, you know, 24 months worth of severance. And the way that the, you know, the part-time aspect of that's taken into consideration is, it, you know, your your pay is going to be less than a full than if you're a full-time, but it should still be two years worth um, of earnings. Um, so that's, you know, with 45 years of service, that's, uh, you know. It's almost a no-brainer, right? Yeah. It's a long time. And um, there's a couple uh, interesting points you brought up, uh, Debbie. Uh, one is, you know, you asked if they're, if they're going to package out. And that's you can definitely ask that. But one thing moving forward is I wouldn't let them know that you're too keen on that because then if they, they it gives them a bit of leverage in negotiating. Uh, I love that you said that. Well, before when client, I mean, I've waited on some clients. I've all, it, always been in the same branch, same clients for 40-plus years, right, some of them. So right. um, sometimes I used to tell them that I was thinking of retiring. So then I thought, you know what, don't be saying that anymore. Um, <laughs> stop saying that. So now I say... I'm going to stay here in a motorized wheelchair, and my husband's going to paint some flames on the side of it. I'm going to be <laughs> here to the bitter end because I'm thinking I want them to know, boy, we might have to get rid of her right, yeah. in another way. They have been packaging out full-timers at all the banks. You know, they're, all the banks are doing yeah. the same thing. Right. So I'm thinking, well, why not us long-time part-timers? Why don't we get some of the same offers? Plus, there are other perks, right? You're compensated in other ways, too, besides money, and you're... Your shows have really got me thinking because some companies, they offer health care dollars that you can use to buy benefits. There are other share purchasing plans, and I'm thinking, that's all part of compensation, and I'm thinking... Look at you, wow, smart girl. Look at you. This show is fabulous. It's just got my wheels turning, and I'm thinking, wow, what a great help. Good to hear. Good to hear, Debbie. And uh, another issue is the retirement uh, question. Uh, just about, uh, you know, if they're suggesting that to you and given your age, um, you know, that could actually be a human rights violation as well. Um, I mean, you're allowed to say that as much as you want. You know, I might retire, you know, at a certain age, but um, for an employer to suggest that, um, you know, gives rise to potential human rights violations. Yeah, that's that crossed my mind only that, you know, you get over a certain age, you've been healthy all your life. I mean, I, I had perfect attendance for years, even when I was full time because I used to be full-time at the same branch. And then, you know, recently I have had some health issues where I'm off for a couple of weeks. So I found it interesting what if your archive shows about what they are allowed and not allowed to ask you about yep. when you're off. So I found that interesting, too. Just a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> I'm going to be taking notes when I'm listening from now on. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be careful. I, I, I see what you say. Health, because, yeah. 
For sure. Just and hang look, in there and let them make the move, right, Dave? Just let them just go about your job, status quo. And that's right. And if time where they let you go, it's and you're whistling because you're probably looking and at And don't let them try to convince you that because you're part-time that you're not entitled to yeah. as much severance pay, Debbie, because that's that's absolutely not true. Very good. Okay. Very good. No, I love it. Can a, can a company, if you if they do offer you things, can a company say to you that, you know, you're not allowed to talk about it to anybody, otherwise the deal's off? Yes, they can include confidentiality provisions, and those are quite common, actually, because like you say, they don't want, you know, if you can negotiate a good, you know, really, uh, you know, uh, beneficial package to you, um, they don't want you going around telling everyone, because then all of a sudden that sets the bar um, in terms of what those people are going to go, and it's just always going to move up. So confidentiality provision is common, and uh, I, I would, um, you know, I think it's always best to keep that stuff confidential, um, e- even if you don't have the provision, just because, uh, you know, it's no one else's business. And um, even if you haven't agreed to a confidentiality provision, um, and let's say you're in the middle of negotiating, and all of a sudden the employer finds out that you're, you've been telling a bunch of people about everything, it may hinder negotiations. It may make them, um, you know, not want to settle with you as much, even though that doesn't technically change your legal rights. It could still hurt negotiations. I see, because I, I did hear on one of your shows how sometimes they offer the minimum, but then it's up to you to know better, get information from a lawyer, whatever, and yeah. know what your rights are. Very good. No, there you go. you've answered my question beautifully. I, I love it. Keep up the good work. Well, thanks, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. Appreciate that. And as always, not that you don't know it already, but uh, the number moving forward, if you uh, you need Dave or Lior, the firm, one 821 5900 Write that down. Keep it with you. one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. We'll take a brief pause and get back to the phone lines. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk That is toll-free. It's the Employment Hour on Global News Radio. Till around 10 to 8 this evening, as always, on your Monday night, taking your phone calls here in the Employment Hour. Dave Vaughn from The Firm is hanging out with you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk That number is toll-free. And if you haven't checked it out yet, even as you're sitting here and listening, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly what your severance should be, the true amount, the amount you want to know about. Uh, get to Michael now in line. Hey, Michael, good evening. How are you? Good, sir. What's going on with you? Um, well, I'm a barber, and I, um, I I work, and the new thing in the barber industry is uh, to pay a flat rate for salary, make you work a 44-hour week. The salary doesn't amount up to minimum wage. It's typically around 350 a week. And then the new thing is, because they have debit machines, they don't want to pay you about your tips. So what they do, they want to hold on to them for a 14-day work period and pay you out on a check with the tips. And uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I work because I make tips. I don't work because I'm getting paid a salary. I've uh, checked with the Ministry of Labor as far as the salary is concerned, and they are supposed to play minimum wage, but 90% of them don't. It's uh-huh. rampant throughout the industry, and now they're holding on to our tips. How legal is that? So, and how are they justifying holding on to your tips? Like, how, how long are they doing well, that? that I, I've been negotiating a job at for the last month, I heard through a friend that I'm working with uh, just today, the shop's not even open, and I've been in negotiations for a month on salary. The salary is $14 an hour and tips, which is not much of a salary. I've been a barber for 32 years, and I've never faced this before. I moved from northern Ontario to southern Ontario for my wife's work, and I've been struggling finding work now. And it's all because the salary is so low that I can't survive, 
and now they want to control my tips by saying that it's on a debit machine. And because it's on a debit machine, they can't pay me out the cash. And this new shop wants to hold them on onto them for two week period before I receive them, right? Right. But and, and that, but they're still paying the, they're they're paying you all the tips you've earned, right? Right. They're not withholding those. Like it's just they're delaying it. For yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I don't believe there'd be anything wrong with that if you're if they're actually paying you and you are getting minimum wage. I mean, a lot of people are paid every two weeks, right? Well, I understand that, but if you speak to barbers or hairstylists in the industry, the reason they're working is not for the $14 an hour, because that's that's a pittance. You can't survive on that. We're a Red Seal journeyman now. Right. We pay a fee every year to the government to have a license. I have to do courses and keep my work up and keep my stuff fine to be able to be successful. So, you know... That being said, I'm not a waiter, I'm not a waitress, I'm not in that business. I go to work for the tips, and I'm not sure that uh, it should be done or be allowed or be fair. Right. It's not, and right. It's not right. Has this change happened, like, recently? Yep. Okay, yeah, so um, beyond the, the Employment Standards Act, one of the big issues here could that you could bring up is a constructive dismissal in the sense that they're essentially changing the way you're paid in the terms of your employment. Right. Right. So right. if that's the case, um, and you know it's having an adverse impact on you, it's it's affecting how much you're making. That could be you know grounds for constructive dismissal. The issue is whether you want to you know follow up with it and allege constructive dismissal, and you know basically um, you, you know consider the employment relationship to have been terminated. Right. Right. And I completely understand that. I listen to the, to the program quite often, but. In, in an industry like this, where you know there are people who are working multiple hours for less than minimum wage, and who are now losing their tips because their bosses are using the guise of of payment, you know that it's digital now. They're not going to give you your money until they say it's okay to give you your money, even though that that money is not for them to hold on to. Right. I don't so, believe that when someone when you give a tip to your barber, sir, do you expect the owner of that barber shop to hold on to that tip for, from your barber for two weeks? Absolutely not. Right. So that's the point I'm making. Yeah. So, right. Michael, from what I understand, I just I keep getting mixed up. Are they withholding them or are they, are they delaying the tips? Like, you're still getting the tips, right? Because they absolutely cannot withhold right, them. Right, right. But when you pay a gratuity to somebody, you expect them to get it at the point of Okay, no, I'm just making sure because you keep, you keep saying withholding. I'm, I'm making sure that's well, not withholding so them for two weeks. Okay. To me, I can... So the, that right, no, I, I'm trying to make sure there's not a more serious issue here at play with them actually withholding all of, like, an well, actual... I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't, I, you know, I, I can't say that because every time this situation has occurred, I, and it's happened, this is the third time now the situation has occurred, I've turned around and said, sorry, I can't work for you. I don't work under the guise of a business owner taking my money, applying it to their bank account, buffing up their bottom end, and then paying me out on a check. Right. My tips, my tips or gratuities are given to me personally from my clients. They're not meant for my, for my, the owner of the shop that I work on commission. Okay, yeah. I get a fourteen dollar an hour guaranteed salary, but I pay commission. When I get paid commission, I pay my own taxes, my own everything. Right. The business, and it's not. Just, I'm also a musician and a guitar teacher, and it's the same in that industry as well. That we get paid a percentage. And we look after our own taxes, our own everything, and yet we're treated like employees, but yet we're not paid 
an hourly rate. We're not looked after. And now they want to hold our tips in, a, in the barbers at, for a two-week period before giving them to us, which... Yeah, it doesn't you know, sound like a very good deal. No. And, 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 and who's looking out for us? There's so many people out there, the government that's helping everyone in the industries. Uh, females now, women are being, you know, and they should be. God bless them, right? They should be brought up to where we are as men. But unfortunately, my wife makes four times the amount of money that I do, and she looks at me and she wants to weep because of my industry mm. and how I'm treated as a journeyman. And there's no one doing anything for us. And I don't think holding my tips for a two-week period and giving to them, giving to me to them later is fair. Not at a $14 an hour job. Well, there you go. I mean, was there anything illegal about what he's saying, David? Well, it sounds like there's been a, you know, in Michael's case, a change to the, you know, employment relationship, or at least the, the way he's paid, which absolutely can be a constructive dismissal. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't sound like uh, the point I was trying to make it like anything's, uh, you know, they're not withholding; they're just delaying it. Delaying, um, they're right. they're absolutely not allowed to withhold tips on nope. you know on an indefinite basis. But um, you know, are they allowed to delaying it and paying it out at the end of a pay period? That's right. possible. But um, if you're used to and you know you know getting paid your tips each day, which many industries, including Michael's, sounds like that's the case, yep. um, to change that uh, could be you know a change to the terms of employment could constitute a constructive dismissal. Mike, we're going to move on, pal. Again, if you need to call and want to talk today further, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to take it from there. We'll get to uh, to Liz. Hey, Liz. Good evening. How are you? Hi. Good. Thanks. How are you? Good. What's uh, What's going on with you? I mean, we work for a company that's doing uh, mass termination layoffs, and they're packaging people out about a thousand people in Canada with salary continuance severance, and you're to let them know if you find another job, and that's to cease. Do you have to let the company know if you find another job and can you keep the money coming to you and start another job? So I'm just wondering if you're legally allowed to do that. Great question. If you sign the agreement and you agree to that, then you absolutely have to. And if you don't, it's a breach of contract um, and, you know, they can pursue you for damages. Um, How would they know, though? Well, if they find out. Um, So... um, it would be a breach of contract, though. Um, you know whether they find out or not. Uh, you know I, I don't know, but um, obviously my advice, you know, would be to um, abide by any contract you agree to. Um, mm-hmm. So, did you already accept a, pa- a severance package from them? Um, no, it's uh, I expect it to be coming. So Got I'm just it. wondering if, like, what if some? There's a lot of people involved. So what if some people find another job, but they're not sure about it? So they don't want to end the salary continuance severance not knowing about a new job if it's going to work out right so. yeah that's it, it is a really tough um you know decision to make right because let's say you're on a salary continuation um for 12 months just to mm-hmm. pick a pick a number and you get a job at the you know four month mark and you're supposed to tell your employer and they're going to cut you off and, and usually mm-hmm. it comes with a clawback where they'll pay you uh, you know a, a lump sum yeah, 50 percent uh, right um you know the risk there is you're signing a new contract um, with this new employer and you know there's probably a probationary period and what happens if they let you go a month into it and then all uh-huh. of a sudden um, you know you're in a bad position that you you know you've already settled with your previous employer and then you lost your new job that you were relying on and you know that is a real issue and that's why whenever an employee is offered a salary continuation with a clawback I always recommend negotiating for um, a couple different items and, and 
the most important, I think, is defining what alternative employment is. So you at least have to make a certain amount of money. Um, okay. So, you know, you don't have, uh, it's not triggered unless you earn a certain amount of money in that position. Um, at least that gives you an opportunity, um, you know, that, to try out a job maybe that's lower paying and seeing if that's going to work. Um, but uh, a lot of these companies, they'll start off at, you know, offering salary continuation, but you can sometimes negotiate for a lump sum payment. Get a lump sum, yeah. And I think it's always worth trying that, um, especially yeah. in your circumstance, you know, in the circumstances such as yours where it sounds like they're get, you know, giving these, you know, it's across the board terminations. Um, you know, they're going to be dealing with a lot of these severance packages. So I think it makes sense to, uh, to negotiate, you know, at least try to negotiate for a lump sum. Um, Liz, how long have you been working there? Uh, this job, just a year. But there's some people that have been there eight years, 10 years, 20 years. Yeah. And, and we're all um, expecting it. Wow. And uh, is there a reason for the layoff? Is it? Uh... They're, they're an American company, but they're moving the jobs to the U.S. Okay. It's so it's going to be just a small presence in Canada, but the jobs will be serviced from the U.S. Okay. That's, yeah, uh, that's... So everyone's kind of expecting it. And is it and a unique industry? Um, not really. No, like, no. do you think you'll be able to be, you know, get a new job relatively yeah. quickly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yes, I feel pretty confident about that. I just wouldn't, I kind of would like both. I, d- I don't want to give it up. Right. Um, well, in your case, sure. you've been there for a year, right? And how old are you? I'm 50. 50. And what's your uh, job? Um, I don't really want to say it on the air. Okay, that's what, no, sorry. I, I meant just like the type of position, but um, you know, um, it, it, you don't have to say. Don't worry. Professional spot. The, the the packages they're giving people and offering are, are seem pretty fair. Yeah. I was just curious about the continuance salary continuance part of it. I couldn't find a lot of that online in reference to mass terminations. I know you get more if the company's doing mass terminations, even. Even me being there a year, I get more because it's a mass ter- termination situation. Yeah. So. And, I mean, salary continuation is always an option an employer has um, mm-hmm. to make, and, and they can make it subject to a clawback, um, but there's nothing stopping you from trying to negotiate um, you know, a better severance package and, and possibly a lump sum payment. Is it not better on taxes, though, to do the salary continuance part? So you're not hammered in taxes? Well, it's just, to, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to pay the ta- the same taxes you would have paid regardless. The only time a lump sum hurts you is when it's all paid, you know, let's say you're going to get, getting a year or something like that paid, you know, at the end of the year. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, in November, you've worked the entire year, so you've earned your salary for 11 months. Then all of a sudden they give you a 12-month lump sum right. um, in December. Well, then I'll, you've basically earned two years worth of your salary um, in that time. But um, let's say you know you were offered um, you know a, a four-month salary continuation or a okay. four-month lump sum. Um, that will not right now. That's not going to have a difference on your taxes at the end of the day. Okay, I get it. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, Liz. Moving forward, you need to get a hold of Dave or Lior, no problem, one 821 5900 And for you to call in tonight to around 10 to 8, lines are open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk That number is toll-free. Bill, good evening. Good evening. Thanks for taking my call. No worries. What's um, up, mate? I'm in construction full-time. Um, I was supposed to work on Thursday uh, before, before the holiday. Uh, it poured rain, so the job was called off. 
Um, I work today. So will I, will I, should I expect to get paid for Friday since I did not actually work the day before? Are you paid holiday pay? Like as part of your, your wages? Yes. Yeah, then you wouldn't. Then you wouldn't get it. Sorry. Okay, sorry. say that one more time. Like are, you paid, guess... are you paid holiday pay? Well, I get 4% um, right. vacation pay. Vacation pay, that but do you get statutory holiday pay? Yes. Yes, then you wouldn't. No. Okay. Um, what if, okay, so that's what happened. Yeah. So what if I, what if I then called in sick for that day? Would I get legally paid then for the Friday? No. Still no. Okay. No. You're a construction okay. worker, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, no, you wouldn't. There's, obvi- there's a lot of exemptions for construction workers under the Employment Standards Act. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Bill. Thanks. There you go. Who knew? That's something I didn't know. I, I knew about the uh, when it comes to severance with construction workers. I didn't know there were so many ex- uh, exemptions for that job. A lot of exemptions really? on construction workers, yeah. Well, uh, severance pay calculator, severancepaycalculator.com. Give me some details on that. Yeah, it's a uh, great uh, tool to use just to get an estimate of your uh, severance entitlements. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've been talking uh, to a couple different people um, about, you know, the, what the, the severance they'd get. I think Liz was the most recent one where, yeah. um, you know, she had a year of service. Um, you know, she didn't, she didn't tell us her position, but uh, she said she's 50 years old. And, um, you know, she would be able to go onto the severance pay calculator, type in those factors, and uh, it would, uh, you know, give an estimate um, of what she'd be entitled to. Um, it, it, to follow up on that, what you should do, though, is give us a call uh, at the firm because we can talk to you and determine whether there's any specific um, circumstances that you're dealing with um, that are unique to you um, that would increase your severance package. And uh, in Liz's situation, it didn't sound like that would been would have you know been the case. Yeah. With that said, if a, you know, I don't know where these uh, employees were located, but if a thousand of them are getting let go, um, you know, it could be for, uh, difficult for her to replace that job. Um, so, oh, you know, I see what you're saying. So now the market's flooded with a thousand people who could could possibly be in a similar situation. As right. Well. And, you know, I don't know that right. uh, exactly because yep. uh, we didn't get into exactly what her job was, but um, you know, that could be a situation that you know the severance pay calculator says that she's entitled to, you know, f- three to four months. Uh, severance pay, and uh, yet she could actually get a bit more than that if she's competing with a lot of people, if the industry's struggling, or you know they're they're losing jobs. Um, Debbie provided a diff- another example um, of a very interesting, uh, you know, forty-five years of services. I think a that's long the, time. Yeah, I, I don't know if you know. Yeah. In talking to uh, people on the show, I don't know if I've ever heard of someone being employed somewhere that long. So, um, you know, uh, bank tower, uh, sixty plus. Uh, I have, you know, I don't have the severance pay calculator in front of me, but I'm pretty confident it'll say 24 months um, yeah. if I if I type that in, and uh, you know, that's it's going to be very difficult for Debbie to uh, to replace that job once she uh, once she is let go or if she is let go, just because it's a part time. It sounds like uh, you know she was the hours um, you know may have been uh, suited to her schedule, and uh, it's going to be very difficult to find a new job, especially on a part time basis for Debbie. 
severancepaycalculator.com. Takes about 30 seconds to go through the entire thing. Coming up on half a million people clicking onto it and using it, getting the answers they want. At the bottom, you can just walk away or click contact and get a hold of Lior, Dave, or another member of the team once you've seen the number at the bottom and want to carry on further. Still got a, a few minutes here. You want to uh, ask a question on air? No problem. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cell one triple eight two two five talk That is absolutely toll-free. So termination severance. Why can't the Labor Board, this is for people that may be the first time tuning into the show, why can't the Labor Board help an employee that's lost his or her job? Yeah, it's a great question that uh, comes up a lot. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll often speak to people uh, on the phone and they'll say, oh, I was talking to the Labor Board and, you know, they said, you know, that, you know, that uh, I don't have a case or I'm not owed anything more. And the Labor Board, uh, the Ministry of Labor can only help um, an employee with, uh, in terms of termination pay and severance pay with respect to their minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act. And so, you know, an employee, um, let's say there, an employee has, you know, 35 years of service and uh, it's a, works for a small company um, with, with a payroll of under $2.5 million. Their minimum standards under the Employment Standards Act would be eight weeks of pay. Wow. And that's all the Ministry of Labor is going to be able to help, the Labor Board will be able to help them get. Under the common law, if you look at the severance pay calculator, depending on the age and the position of the person, it's probably up towards 24 months. So there's a 22-month difference between what the labor board can get the person and what they're actually entitled to at law. Um, So that's why the labor board can't help you. They're only able to enforce the minimum standards under the Employment Standards Act. I mean, even with your example there of 22 months, I mean, that is so worth a phone call or a, a quick couple quick clicks at the severance pay calculator. I mean, 22-month gap, that, that's insane. Why it is. And that, never call, right? right. And, and that's obviously the extreme example. But, yep. you know, there, there's a lot of times where, uh, you know, people are, um, you know, offered, especially long-service people, but they're offered, uh, you know, something just right around ESA or, you know, ESA in a, in a plus, uh, you know, a couple more weeks. And they'll call the labor board, and sometimes they're told, you know, or, or the, you know, they they go on the website and they find out, oh, this is all I'm getting, or this is actually better because it's a couple of weeks more than than, than what I've been offered. Um, yeah. So they go ahead and take it, and uh, you know, you, you can't hurt to give us a call and uh, get get an assessment of your legal entitlements, or just visit the severance pay calculator. Inadequate severance, like the word of the day. So how often do you come across it? Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's tough to say, but I, I would you know I, I'm always shocked when it's a a fair severance package. Um, I would say it's you know over ninety five percent of the cases I see are you know uh, an insufficient offer, um, and in most cases that's you know that's the the months are not going to be good enough. Um, sometimes it's you know maybe the months are somewhat reasonable, but the the terms of compensation um, aren't all included. So maybe it's just base salary, but nothing for bonuses, commissions, car allowance, uh, benefits, RSP contributions, and, and you know the different forms of compensation. Because some employers will try to get away with just paying the base salary, and uh, you know that's obviously also an inadequate severance package, even if the months are uh, aren't as bad. Um, you know, and I do think sometimes you know. Given the the sheer number of uh, you know inadequate severance packages we see, um, I think that is probably the, the you know intent. The intention is sure. Um, you know they, they offer a low low package and uh, they're playing a, the odds. Right? Yeah, they are, and a lot of people do. Uh, I, I do think sign them back and accept it. So um, you know, for every ten, there's probably only you know two that uh, challenge it. So. 
We're talking termination severance, uh, bread and butter points here, really. How many, uh, well, how can an employer, we'll flip the other side, the employer now, how can an employer minimize the cost of severance that it has to pay an employee if they let them go? Yeah, the uh, the best way to do it, um, if you're already in the, you know, in the employment relationship, there's no contract yet, um, or there's no contract introduced at the, at the start of it, is to give working notice. And uh, you can actually get value um, for that uh, severance, and that's what uh, I believe it was Liz who was asking about that. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, they've or that that was salary continuation. But right. um, there, there are cases. Uh, I think we spoke with someone uh, last time I was on the show a couple of weeks ago, who was given a, a like a twelve month. Yeah, that was long. She lived at a. She worked at a restaurant, and she, I think she was given uh, twelve months of working notice. And, uh, you know, that was pretty well all her entitlements were. So, you know, it's it's unfortunate for her. Um, and, you know, maybe she's, you know, I can't speak to her, but, you know, people are going to be uh, upset when that happens. And they may not be the best employee that they can, uh, you know, otherwise be. They may start looking for work elsewhere and just leave after, you know, by giving you a quick, uh, you know, two weeks notice or something. Um, but that is one way for an employer to minimize the cost uh, severance. Um, obviously, the best way to do it is to have uh, a contract of employment um, with a, a termination clause that uh, minimizes or at least specifies an exact amount of severance pay um, that employees owed uh, if they're let go. And then you know exactly um, how much, what the cost will be um, when you're going to let that person go. But you want that contract of employment on the on, from the outset of employment. Yeah, you that's right. You want to try right. to do this midstream, right? Yeah, the uh, and I often see you know cases where smaller employers they they've maybe uh, you know they've heard someone on the radio or they've uh, you know gone to some type of a uh, a session on uh, how to uh, you know minimize your your severance settlement, how to deal with employees, and they introduce contracts in the middle of the employment relationship yeah. um, without giving consideration and uh, to the employees, so without giving them a raise, without giving them a signing bonus or a promotion, and. Those contracts are unenforceable. Um, you can't rely on the termination provisions. You might as well not even introduce it. Uh, if you're going to do it, give them a raise, give them a signing bonus because it will pay off in the long run. Good for another week, brother. Going to move on here, and we'll be back on Wednesday evening. Of course, the weekend shows, and if you haven't caught it yet, Employment Hour in 30, that is on Global TV, and that happens on Saturday morning, so you want to join us there as well. Uh, 1-855-821-5900 is the number moving on, severancepaycalculator.com. Make sure you check that out, and you want to email Dave or Leor after the show. That's simple, help at employmenthour.com as well. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour, coming right up on point with Alex Pearson right here on Global News Radio.